0: Hi, and welcome to another episode of the MedTech Matters Podcast, where we learn about someone impacting the medical device industry. I'm Sean Fensky, Editor-in-Chief of MPO and host of the podcast. Today we're speaking with Moshi Safran, CEO of RSIP Vision US. Moshi, thanks for joining us. How are you doing today? Very great, Sean. Yeah. Thank heavens. I'm feeling fine and just, uh, yeah, hope uh, that all of our listeners are feeling as well as they can these days. Pleasure to be here. Exactly. Great sentiment. Um, so let's get, let's get right into the discussion uh, of, uh, you know, you and your company and what you're doing in the medical device space. So maybe you could just start by telling me what, you know, RSIP Vision is and what's your area of focus. Sure, Sean. So what we do is we create unique AI and computer vision solutions uh, that help make medical procedures more accurate and more efficient. So one example is uh, automating parts of planning and navigation for orthopedic surgeries using the patient imaging. Uh, we've done work in planning for uh, bronchoscopies, cardiology across the board. In terms of use cases, our main areas of focus are orthopedics and endoscopy, endoscopy including uh, a surgical video and procedures like in urology and in GI. And what we do is we take uh, image analysis technologies, mature technologies like uh, automatic segmentation, detection of objects and images, uh, 3D reconstruction, Mm -hmm. tracking, and we take those technologies together with the focus on applying them for very, very specific uh, interventional and surgical applications where these technologies are actually useful in adding uh, adding value uh, and aiding the surgeon in uh, doing their job. So... Can you, can you explain exactly what you mean by, you know, when you say you track these, when you track them, what, what do you mean? Sure. So uh, in, uh, in, you know, the computer vision world, tracking means you have a, a video and you're uh, uh, tracking some object. You're detecting where that object is uh, in the scene, and you're following it in the scene. So that, that's a technology, right? Now, how is tracking useful in a medical use case? So uh, one of the use cases, for instance, in the robotic surgery surgery, uh, world and uh, the uh, laparoscopic surgery world that uh, a lot of people are looking at is how to make more precise measurements in a surgery, right? So today, uh, in uh, certain types of uh, uh, soft tissue surgery, Uh, you need to measure various parts of the anatomy in types of bariatric surgery and other use cases. And what's done today is that uh, the surgeon introduces a physical ruler into the scene and they move it around with the tools and then they look and they see if it's six centimeters or five centimeters. Uh, And that's obviously, you know, suboptimal and it's intrusive to the procedure and it's not perfect. And what computer vision uh, can do, what tracking technology can do is for instance, follow a surgical tool in the scene automatically. So track for instance, the tip of that tool and then the surgeon can actually use that tool as a pointer and indicate to the computer the points uh, which the surgeon wants to measure. And we can use a, a tracking technology together with other 3D analysis technologies uh, to actually automate that measurement, uh, make it more convenient, uh, perhaps more accurate, and uh, less uh, intrusive to the surgeon's workflow. So that's just one example that uh, pops into my mind uh, right away when thinking about, uh, for instance, how a tracking technology uh, can be used uh, to actually provide benefit to a medical procedure. Fantastic. So when you say when you say uh, tracking and, and measuring, you know, you mentioned the the surgery, the surgical procedure. Would it also be used for something like tumor growth or something like like tracking growth? You know, that that type of uh, measurement, or is it really just for more real time? You know, like uh, as in a surgical procedure, such as in your example. Yeah. Well, actually, the the word uh, tracking. That's like technically in the computer vision world, that's used for real-time tracking, uh, but tracking of tumor growth in the sense you mentioned uh, is also actually a very interesting application of computer vision, uh, right? So uh, uh, what what we can do today using AI is take, for instance, uh, multiple CT scans uh, of the patient who's, uh, uh, for instance, uh, involved in uh, some research study and measure, uh, we call it to segment, uh, that tumor in those CT scans and measure the tumor or, or the nodule or, or the mass or, or whatever suspicious region it is uh, across re- multiple time points of that patient. And then we can compare uh, those measurements and see, uh, uh, for instance, uh, how that patient is responding uh, to treatment. So today that, that type of tumor measurement is done uh, basically manually or with uh, a relatively uh, uh, simple uh, computerized tools. And uh, this mm-hmm. process can actually be uh, automated which, uh, you know, would make uh, uh, that whole research uh, process uh, a lot more efficient. Great. So, again, another sure. example of how we, we take uh, computer vision and we use it to automate something uh, that uh, people can do, but in a very labor-intensive manner or a very uh, inconvenient manner, and automate that, take the workload uh, off of the, uh, of the experts and the surgeons, offload of that to the computer, and, you know, uh, make the process more efficient and hopefully more accurate as well. Fantastic. Um, so I mean I, of course you know these are these are some of the examples of how you know medical imaging has is, is just been advancing you know extreme, you know very rapidly in in you know a number of ways. Uh, let's 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 key in on, on a few areas. Let's start with uh, 3d reconstruction. can you can you speak to how 3d reconstruction is being used today and how it's transforming medical imaging? Yeah, sure. With pleasure. So actually, when, when we talk about 3D reconstruction, uh, we're actually talking about two main vectors. And the primary one uh, for us right now as a company at RSIP Vision is using two or three x-rays. So an x-ray is obviously a, a two-dimensional image. You're just seeing a projection you know, of the, of the uh, radiation through the entire anatomy. And what we mean by 3D reconstruction is using two or three of those x-rays to create a full 3D model of a particular uh, part of anatomy, for instance, of a knee or of a hip. So we train the AI to learn how to uh, infer the full 3D shape of that patient's knee or hip or shoulder uh, or other piece of anatomy from those 2D x-rays. Now, why why is this important, right? This is is pretty cool, right? It's pretty cool to see it, but why is this useful? Mm -hmm. So in orthopedic surgery, uh, certain types of orthopedic surgeries and joint replacement surgeries, for instance, uh, uh, robotic surgeries or uh, patient-specific cutting uh, guide-based joint replacements. Uh, You need a 3D model uh, to uh, accurately plan uh, these operations. Now, you can get a 3D model uh, from a CT scan, and we we know how to automate that as well. But CT scans, first of all, uh, involve a lot of radiation. Uh, They introduce a lot of friction in the workflow uh, because the patient is uh, many times sent uh, to another location to do the CT scan, and then the images have to go back and forth. But even more importantly uh, than that, in the U.S. healthcare system, it's actually very difficult to get reimbursement. Uh, for CT scans, uh, for uh, total joint replacements, and that means that a whole huge segment of patients is being sort of ah uh, uh, potentially locked out from these uh, precision uh, treatments. So having the capability of building a 3D model from 2D X-rays uh, opens up, a, a, from the patient point of view, you know, it provides a, a much wider accessibility uh, to the most advanced uh, types of surgery and planning and treatment. Uh, and uh, you know, from the provider's uh, point of view. Uh, potentially opens up a a huge market uh, for these types of treatments. Now, going forward beyond orthopedics, uh, we uh, are hopeful that this technology is going to be useful uh, to reduce radiation uh, across the board uh, in a a wide range of situations where uh, you want to uh, acquire 3D images, the CT, or with an intraop CT, uh, and by uh, uh, using AI and training AI uh, to do 2D to 3D reconstruction, uh, we can reduce the number of uh, 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 images and reduce the uh, amount of radiation that's needed uh, to provide this result. Uh, so that, that's sort of the main vector for us. There's also another aspect of 3D reconstruction uh, involving videos and surgical imaging. Uh, that tends to be more uh, challenging because uh, there's soft tissues and there's uh, you know lighting issues, et cetera. Uh, but a, a lot of people uh, across the industry and across academia are, are uh, attacking this problem. Uh, because uh, uh, that can also uh, provide a lot of uh, uh, benefit so is, is I mean that's that's fantastic applications are is 3d reconstruction also being used uh, actively or or uh, is it growing in the aesthetic um, you know surgical space where you know possibly uh, you know taking a, a giving it an idea of what a, a post surgical uh, patient might be might look like? Mm-hmm. So, so, there is potential to use the 3D reconstruction just for, you know, patient engagement for those technical of benefits, but actually, uh, mm-hmm. the use case that we're uh, is using it, as I said, to plan the procedure itself. Now, uh, there are uh, 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 some solutions out there for 2D to 3D reconstruction, uh, using uh, uh, typically using older technologies, non-deep learning-based uh, technologies. Uh, some of those mm-hmm. solutions are... Uh, Uh, either somewhat controversial in terms of their accuracy or they require a very special hardware uh, to get sort of very, very precise types of X-rays. So uh, uh, the sort of uh, existing solution to that problem of of going from 2D to 3D uh, is uh, limited in its uh, effectiveness of of really, uh, you know, opening up uh, uh, that 3D planning uh, for the patients Uh, and uh, uh, the up-and-coming solutions uh, that are AI-based uh, and uh, in some of the use cases, we're quite far along there, uh, particularly for uh, knee uh, and hip. Uh, lo- those are uh, uh, going to, I think, be in order of magnitude uh, uh, more precise and more uh, uh, useful uh, in the field. Wow. Great. So, um, you know, the imaging advancements obviously, you talked about 3D reconstruction for orthopedic uh, implants and, and joint replacement uh, procedures. You know, are there other uh, imaging or, uh, you know, imaging advancements that you could speak to uh, that are impacting uh, orthopedic surgical space? Is there other areas uh, besides the surgical planning? Sure, yeah. So so uh, the way we see it, 2D to 3D is, is a starting point. Uh, but another uh, topic that's very much on our radar is uh, intraoperative navigation and assessment. So uh, providing, you know, using those images uh, that are acquired uh, during the procedure, uh, whether they're uh, uh, x-rays, using a C-arm, or whether they're uh, camera images, using those images and using AI uh, to give the surgeon better tools uh, to orient themselves to know exactly where they are, exactly where they're uh, drilling or placing the hardware uh, relative to the preoperative plan, uh, assessing, uh, uh, you know, uh, exactly in in 3D uh, what they're doing, and that, expected impact uh, on the uh, patient outcome and the patient anatomy uh, so uh, the intraoperative side is also uh, very much on our uh, radar uh, back on the planning side there's also you know beyond the, uh, creating 3d models and images there, there's a, a ton of data uh, being that, that has already been collected in the orthopedic world right so there's patient images there's there's uh, uh, information about uh, the outcomes of those patients uh, demographic information of the patients Information about uh, uh, surgeon decisions, uh, and there's a, a wealth of potential here uh, on uh, uh, analytics uh, to, to better understand and, and use that accumulated uh, experience uh, to provide better insights uh, for the surgeons uh, uh, when, when they uh, go about planning the procedure. So, uh, yeah, it's it's really uh, uh, just a starting point the way we see it. Great. And and what about I mean we're talking about the use of of you know imaging advancements and and AI in in you know diagnostics and and in surgical planning and all these all these procedures is AI being used um, you know to to help improve the capture of of this video and images and you know what what's happening is there is there things that you could speak to that's uh, occurring in that space you know in the actual image capture. Sure. So, as I said, we think of 2D to 3D as sort of kind of an elevated image capture, right? So if you think of a cone beam CT, uh, that's uh, spinning and and, uh, providing the 3D data. So if you use uh, less radiation or fewer projections, then you're uh, improving capture. Uh, Machine Mm -hmm. learning can also be used in other contexts. So uh, some people are uh, trying to use machine learning to do better compress sensing or uh, uh, to acquire an MRI more quickly. Again, by uh, uh, you know using many many examples and using corrupted examples, and then training uh, the AI to use uh, uh, corrupted data or partial data uh, to reconstruct uh, uh, everything that's there in the scene. Uh, because again, if you cut down the acquisition time of MRI, you're providing better accessibility uh, to many more uh, patients who uh, need you know this limited resource, and you're providing uh, you know maybe more revenue for the hospital. So again, you're creating a win-win. Uh, by improving uh, this uh, efficiency in the image capture, so uh, yeah, there, there's there's a ton uh, uh, going on in the space, uh, you, know, uh, in, you know, in general, uh, in, you know, with uh, uh, using AI for this uh, this type of application. Yeah, it's definitely easy to see why uh, AI and, and you know imaging and I mean really across healthcare is is so exciting. There's so much potential for improvement. Um, you know, and, and speaking speaking of AI, you know, what are the real – what do you see as the real key takeaways in terms of using AI, you know, within medical technology? Um, it's pretty easy to see why it's important. But, you know, why is it important to you? Why is it important to RSIP Vision? Mm-hmm. Yeah, good, good question, Doug. Thanks for asking. So I'll tell you a little anecdote. So uh, a couple months back, we were reviewing our uh, website – and thinking, you know, how, how we can uh, uh, make our messaging uh, more sharp, how we can, you know, communicate to, to the world what we're trying to do. And one of the things we tried to do was take those two letters of AI and and erase them from as many places on our website uh, that we could, because AI is becoming so ubiquitous, right? It's like almost like saying, uh, you know, uh, a decade ago, it's almost like saying software, or almost like saying, uh, you know, some people think in the future it's going to be like saying electricity. Right. so AI is a tool and and what's important for us right so we you can sort of choose your choose your uh, 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 calling uh, in life or choose your calling uh, as a company and what we feel is very important to always ask uh, you know uh, what what is the uh, what is the use uh, there right what is the real benefit uh, either to the surgeon or to the patient uh, or to the healthcare system or to uh, you know in the best case, uh, to all the stakeholders uh, together, right? So, how do you improve this? How do you use this tool uh, to make the system more efficient? How do you use this tool to provide better accessibility uh, 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 to patients for types of treatment? What problem is your uh, technology solving? Uh, that's the first point. And the second point uh, that's also very important in my eyes is the process of, uh, of creating these solutions and the process of uh, bringing these solutions to market. So, how uh, does the whole uh, uh, ecosystem of of health tech, of med tech in general, uh, manage that innovation process, right? Because, uh, uh, you know, it takes time uh, and effort and risk uh, to develop these solutions. If you want to really innovate, uh, you know, you need to, uh, you need to sort of uh, put your skin in the game. So how, how does the ecosystem uh, in general manage this process uh, to take, you know, the, the potential that everybody sees in these technologies and, you know, that's being talked about uh, uh, in many, many fields, how to actually fulfill that potential, uh, and get you know effective tools into the hands of the surgeons. Uh, so that's something we think about uh, an awful lot at RCP, and and uh, you know, uh, we've talked about with uh, many people uh, on a daily basis. Fantastic. I mean, yeah, you know, I completely agree. It's it's you know, AI has definitely moved past the point of of you know, we need to get past the the buzzword, and we need to see what how it's you know what the what the real world applications are. Um, and I, I think that's that you know is is what you what you've shared today is is some perfect examples of of doing just that um so so give us a little insight into uh you know what what you see as you know w- what's ahead we you know we just started a new year what's ahead for r s i p you know what can we expect and where is your focus moving towards mhm Thanks. Yeah. So uh, a few things. Uh, first of all, so we talked about, you know, elevated uh, surgical planning, uh, whether it's 3D to 3D, and there are other versions of that. Uh, and uh, so, you know, we also do uh, uh, CT-based planning and x-ray-based planning, et cetera. Uh, so one of the things that we're looking to do in 2022 is uh, to take these capabilities and start turning them into a full-fledged products, right? We typically work uh, with the medical uh, uh, device uh, industry, and, you know, we integrate our uh, modules into their products uh, but we're uh, uh, you know, looking in 2022 to uh, significantly add value to our uh, software and you know make it not, not only uh, a software and production grade software uh, but also to take uh, uh, some of our modules uh, through regulatory paths uh, and other aspects of productization. so that's one aspect of sort of uh, building on, uh, on the existing uh, capabilities and really uh, uh, hardening them and, and adding the whole uh, uh, sort of uh, 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 wrapper uh, around those. On the product side, Uh, another uh, uh, area very much on our our radar is the intra-op space. So, as I said, like so, 2D to 3D is commonly about planning, uh, but we're very much looking at uh, intraoperative and intraprocedural navigation uh, in a few different contexts. Uh, So, uh, hopefully, you can expect some uh, uh, interesting developments on that front uh, in the coming year as well. And yeah, hopefully, I'll be able to tell you more, you know, uh, uh, going forward. Uh, uh, beyond the, those uh, details that I that I just provided now. Yeah, we, all, we we're we're always we're always happy to, to receive the inside scoop, but I realize that you know you can't can't share all the planning, you can't can't share the secret sauce. So uh, fully understand, but appreciate you giving us a little taste of of what's ahead for for RSIP. Um, Unfortunately, though, that is all the time we have for this episode of MedTech Matters. I'd like to thank my guest, Moshi Safran, CEO of RSIP Vision US, and I'd like to thank you, as always, the listener, for tuning in. So until next time, this has been Sean Fensky, Editor-in-Chief of MPO, thanks for listening.